I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, a beautiful afternoon for a good game of football now, and it looks as though we have the makings of it. Barnes has come in. Welcome to the Wofford Buzz podcast. My name's Tom Bardell and I'm joined today by Jordan Weimer. Jordan, how are you? Doing very well. Back to a front two after having the front three back for the last uh, the last one. So yeah, but I'm doing well. Good to good to be here again so quickly. <laughs> That's it. This feels like every time we do a midweek game and straight back in, it feels like the COVID season where we just had unlimited time to record whenever we played. That's true, actually. God, in a weird way, I kind of think bring that back. Uh, not not the COVID, yeah. the scheduling. Um <laughs> I was going to say, if, if Watford fans have been demanding a front two all season, they've got it. But if there was, if we were a front three, who are you out of Mateus Martins, uh, Mileta Rajevic and Tom Ince or some other forward player? Who would you be? You know, I would say Rajevic, but with the... I knew you'd the say Rajevic. The over-reliance on my left foot might, might just throw me into the Tom Ince category, though. Oh, are you a lefty, are you? Okay, fine. I um, well, there you go. Yeah, We've learned something there. Lefty. <laughs> We've yeah, learned yeah. something there. Uh, excellent. I would probably have gone for Ravich as well because I'm fairly tall, but I'll go for Mateus Martins because he's got blonde hair and I've got some blonde hair left. We'll go with that. Uh, <laughs> Matt's also pretty tall. This, this is a pretty That's tall true, podcast, actually. actually. Yeah. It, why didn't Ismail give us the, the call, really, actually? could have got... Matt's deceptively in- tall, I have to say. I didn't think he'd be tall. No, he is, isn't he? He's tall in a built way. He's like, you look at him... And he's like, oh, yeah, it's quite quite a unit. And then you stand next to him, like, oh, he's tall. Oh, there you go. There's, there's some editing, Matt. Nothing accentuates it when he's more than when you stood next to Beppe Sonino as well. So <laughs> That's also, I've stood next to Beppe Sonino. He was a small man. I was thinking talking about him the other day. Absolute lunatic. Um, right. Uh, almost as fun as this chat, but not quite. West Brom on uh, <laughs> Wednesday night. What, what did we make of it? It was... 
bit chaotic and madcap and wet and what have you. But top line thoughts, what did we think? Yeah, I think you know, I think I could see I can see some frustration. We're not we're not turning some of these performances into wins and, and capitalizing on some of these occasions. But yeah, I mean I thought it was another another step in the right direction. Maybe this maybe is not not as much of a progressive step forward as you'd hope. Maybe half a step forward, perhaps. <laughs> it was it was good in spells, I thought. A little bit sloppy, again, uh, in possession at times, but against a tough West Brom side, who I thought weren't fantastic, but they are quite comfortable off the ball and they, they do hold their shape relatively well. That's something they've been pretty good at for a while now. So uh, my concern was if we could break them down. We did create chances. Again, maybe not the cleanest of quality at times. There's the train. There it is. Um, not, not the cleanest at times, but we were able to, to find some openings. So, you know... Again, I think looking at it through, through the lens of, you know, this is a team that's that's learning and, and will get better, not just with the players it has, but with the you know, inclusion of players over the next window or so, looking at this kind of more as a long-term project and, and plan, I, I still feel relatively comfortable with it. I, I wasn't displeased. No, nor, nor me. It's We are just saying off air before we started, it feels kind of easier to engage with and more enjoyable, I think, doesn't it, at the moment that, we're in, a, we're in a bit of a magical mystery tour. Some people may dispute whether it's magical or not, I guess, but it, it at the very least feels fresh and new and, and different. Obviously, manager, that changes regularly. We're used to that, but that serious kind of overhaul of the squad and trying to play a different way, even if it's maybe not what we expected and it's it's certainly not been perfected yet, it's um, it's quite a radical departure from where we've, we've been over the last few years. Let's... It's, it's unavoidable. Let's talk about the the fullbacks. I think there was only one change ahead of kickoff, which was Ismail Kone coming in, and we'll, we'll touch on him. I think quite a few people would have liked to have seen those fullbacks changed, and that certainly mm. didn't change as the game progressed. What did you make of the, the decision to stick with James Morris and Jeremy and Gakia? I mean, the decision itself, you know, you feel that I'm assuming there's, well, I saw comments from Ismail saying there was. You know, issues with Lewis not being quite ready to start yet, potentially, and you know that's that's fine. And in Gakia, I guess you're kind of rewarding what was a decent start for him last week. I just, yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate the decision from the outset, but you could argue they were left on a bit too long. And and regardless of kind of decision of whether they should start or not, the performance was clearly quite poor from both. I thought for the most part, there were some some moments for Morris. I thought you know build up to the first goal very early on. He's really well. Um, but it, it it definitely looked like our second string fullbacks were playing that game, I thought. Yeah. I, I, is that fair? Is that... No, I, I agree. I think I would go along with that. It, obviously, it's unavoidable. The, as I say, the kind of part they played in the the two goals. Let's touch on that first one. Do you put any blame with, with Daniel Backman for clipping the ball out to Ngakia? I just wonder if that's one of those situations where Obviously, what follows isn't clever from Ngakia twice, but how much is he kind of stitched up by the by Backman's pass in the first place? Yeah, but I can forgive it in the sense that we're trying to do something you know, from a bigger picture standpoint in terms of the build-up there. You know, Backman clipped the ball out, put him under pressure, but we play we play with pressure on in, in possession. That's kind of what the MO has been. So, you know, as much as it's putting Ngaka in a bad situation, you want you want him, the, the head coach wants him to to find a way out. And he just didn't really do either, did he? He didn't no. kind of revert to being safe. He didn't, you know, kind of smartly find a way through. He just kind of went to no man's land and played a really 
poor ball and poor clearance. It just was just not good. So I, I put more on more on Ngakia there for just not being able to execute. And it's not easy for sure, but we've seen it quite a few occasions where it's been been an issue for him. It was some some poor defending, I thought, and also quite slow to get back in as well straight after that. Yeah, and then compounds the issue with the foul that gives way that John Swift eventually tucks home the free kick. Doesn't cover himself in glory in that kind of 30 seconds or so. Uh, the free kick, there was on. I was only watching on the sky red button. You would have been watching on a different service. The commentator said, and without the benefit of a replay at the time, he thought Batman could have done better. Is there anything in that or was that harsh? It was certainly arrowed right in the corner. It was poor. Yeah. Poor no, it's poor from the keeper. Poor from the keeper. Yeah, have you seen have you seen the shot behind the goal or not? Yeah, he's moved away from it effectively, hasn't he? Yeah, so he kind of he stood very stood very essentially his positioning is very central to begin with anyway. As the free kick's taken, he takes a step towards the wall, um you know, in the opposite direction and just he doesn't anticipate. It's strange because you know he's taken that central position, but he's not anticipated that Swift is going to look to to capitalize on that extra room on the right. And yeah, he. I don't think it's good. It's strange. He, his positioning against Coventry was also weird from set from free kicks as well. Uh, don't really. I mean, if you can guarantee he's going for the opposite corner, then sure. But there's you know there's no reason why he's not going to take that shot. Swift is pretty adept from set piece. They got a few set piece takers in that team there that could have you know gone for goal from that range, and they're quite good. You know, I don't know why you'd give him the opportunity. It seemed a poor choice. Um, and yet it's completely wrong-footed and he committed to the dive. And am I right in thinking, the way the wall's set up there, he's got the wall effectively covering the near post. So the whole point of that is that they will do that bit and he should only have to do the the far post, right? So then to step back towards the near post and away from the far post is, is totally counterintuitive, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, Swift is always going to... If if Backman's, if Backman's, if Backman's occupying a normal position from that free kick... Swift is only going for the side of the wall, right? He's only going to try and lift it over the wall and take that advantage yeah. of the space. But Backman is almost asking him to take the shot wide. He's almost saying to him, okay, if you can stick it in the top right corner, then go for it. But if you can't, if you're going to try and play the safe route and go over the wall, you're not beating me because I've already got half a step inside and I can get my hand to it that bit earlier. But, you know, he asked him to take that risk. I think with a asked him to take that shot and with a player that has the quality on set pieces like Swift, I don't see why you take that risk because there's a good chance he's going to stick it in the top corner um, and make you look stupid. And I think, yeah, strange. I just don't think, I just don't think it's a viable strategy really. No. Let's pick apart the other goal then very quickly while we're on the, the subject of the, the part the fullbacks played. James Morris, is that just a little bit of naivety in in, in not getting the ball away? Takes the first touch, yeah. takes another touch, tries to take another touch. It's, it's just got to go, hasn't it? Yeah, a bit naive in that sense. I think also a, a, a bit lightweight as well, um, physically there to kind of get pushed away from it too. And just, yeah, it just not 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 great. Um you know, we'll get on the goals we scored in a second, but defensively, mm. I thought he he does leave you a bit exposed at times. He's he's not um, always the um, the most adept defensively, and that was you know that was not you know defending a, a winger running at him, but it's just being aware in a dangerous position enough to 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 deal with it a little bit smarter, and it just didn't really come off at all, did it? It was it was too too poor. Um, mistakes from the fullbacks that that did play a part in both goals. Yeah, no matter what kind of role the goalkeeper played in the free kick as well. 
Final question from a negative kind of angle, and then as you say, we'll get on to our goals and, and the good things. Is there an aspect in, in both of those goals of trying to not just stick it out, trying to play their way out of trouble and, you know, commit to the, the style of play that, that Ismail is, is preaching or, or or is that just clutching at straws? No, it's 100%, you know, part of it. There's nothing that those players that should be both capable of just sticking their foot through it and, you know, playing forward, they are, they are trying to... They're trying to stick to the plan. They're trying to to kind of do what they've been asked. And I think at times it's just a little bit above some of them. Uh, and I think the coach knows that. I think the owner would know that as well. We know we should know that as fans. We kind of know some of the limitations these players have. I think we're okay to take the risk, and we think that it's worth it. We're worth it's worth us kind of going down that route, taking that risk, and taking on some of the issues that come with it. If it means that we get more reps, we get more minutes trying to do the right thing in other areas, and it it, it does push us forward. And you know, other areas, other other attacking threat that we that we provide comes from playing in those areas, playing in those situations and, and doing so successfully. So you don't want to eradicate it. And you can ask a team to be pragmatic when necessary, but it's very easy to be over pragmatic. You know, you, you, if you try and be kind of safe at times, you're going to lose a lot of that impetus that we get from from playing through tight areas and and in turn causing the opposition to have to, to, to defend against it differently too. So, you know, I think we've maybe been more harshly punished than we deserved at times and then other mm. and other other times like last night I think we've maybe just been unfortunate that we've made two mistakes such as we have um on other nights we may have come made made the one and come away with a you know a victory from from last night but it it's the teething issues of a team that's not perfect but that that's kind of where we're at I'd say yeah absolutely well let's get on to the the more positive stuff as we say it was a fantastic start really well created goal really well finished goal from Tom Ince there's been a lot of talk particularly on the do not scratch your eyes uh, post game Twitter space about the inverted wingers and, and what we perhaps lose but what we saw last night was what we gained I think wasn't it both goals from those players coming inside onto their onto their favoured feet just talk us through that first goal and the build up and, and the part that everybody kind of played in it because it was it was a really quite a nice little little team move wasn't it starting out on that left hand side yeah and that was the pro of Morris last night I thought you know we got to see how he can use the ball and he can be in build up at times he was you know tidy in possession and and got eventually got Martins through down the left and uh, you know if anyone was to really kind of allow that goal to break down I think it was Martins at a time it felt like he kind of mm. stuttered on the ball a little bit and it felt like we almost lost momentum for a second but then the the, the pass across and the the quick touch from Kone and the even quicker touch from Loser which was perfect to set up in it's just you know switch sides with with three four passes but in in a second you know it was, it was really quick and really dynamic and the reaction of the players to, to to be in a position to actually convert and you know Tom Ince just looked so assured in his finish there was there was no doubt that was going on target it was kind of the ideal position for him and you know big credit to to Kone and Loser in the edge of the box for keeping that tempo and keeping that pace to allow us to actually uh, to to catch that West Brom defence off for a team that is generally pretty pretty comfortable in those areas we we played with the speed necessary to to break them down and i think that's one thing that we've we've struggled with at times is you know we'll get in good positions we'll have you know good possession in in good areas dangerous areas but then do we have the incisiveness and the the, the speed of thought and and actually execution to to punish teams and that was a good example of how we can do it and i, I think all those players from morris to finish with uh, to the finish of ince was were, were crucial in 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 that happening what have you made of tom ince so far obviously kind of limited minutes but he's he's certainly getting more involved in the last last few weeks how how has he kind of done for you 
See, I actually, I, I quite like him. You know, I think uh, it's been. A, I'm kind of racking my brains to think, but it, it, you know, there have been there have been signings we've made in the past where you brought in attack like championship attackers, and you've hoped they'd bring that experience, like a championship attacking. So it doesn't have to be championship specifically, but you know that kind of forward player experience that oftentimes we've gone down the younger mm. route when it comes to forwards and um yeah. we've relied on but um almost what we kind of hoped someone like Lloyd Dyer would have been back in the day where it's mm. um not really that was back in the day necessarily but you know someone that would come with that experience and that that control that threat he's, he's someone that he's patient uh he, he's kind of got good instincts around that kind of right hand side He's played across that front line, you know, the entirety of it in his career, and he just looks comfortable. And he's not always perfect, but you you trust him to know kind of timing wise when to get the ball in the box, where to put it, and if the finish comes to him, he can he can slot it away. And I, I quite like him as a as an option for for Ismail there. And you know, Espria kind of is a good supplement to him. And I think Ince we could even see in a different position again. But so far, I've been I've been pretty impressed. What what have you thought? Yeah, it's the I think that might be the first um, time I've sat down and either at a game or on the telly and, and watched him from the start. I thought. Not necessarily his his actually best game, but he is he gives you something on that side, doesn't he? That's slightly different to a Spreer. I think he's a bit more, although he's quite happy carrying the ball. He's a little bit more direct, or quite a bit more direct than a Spreer, as uh, who will always try and kind of take the the lengthy route to goal. But yeah, I, I, when we signed him, I thought that is a signing that signifies a change in approach if ever I saw one because that's not mm. I think Dyer's a great comparison actually and, and the fact you call it back in the day is is horrifying isn't it um I know I, I realized <laughs> that it's actually relevant to say that and it's yeah, yeah it's but it's the same sort of thing someone who's been around this level for a for a long time and I do think you know especially with the amount of players we let go out of the building you need a few experienced yeah. heads still don't you so no I've been I've been sort of quietly pleased with him and I think you know, obviously the the belated starts of the season he had, you kind of hope he's only going to grow in um, influence and, and what have you as well. But it's nice to have a different option there between him and Aspria to come on um, later in the game and, and they can both do that. And I suspect Ince could probably play on the other side, to be fair, and go down the outside and, and, and kind of go through that. Played centrally a fair bit. Too. Yeah, exactly. That's it. He's, he's definitely got some flexibility about him. And, and we saw kind of some flexibility for the first time yesterday, I think, didn't we? And, well, not the first time. That's a bit harsh. But some flexibility in how um, Ishmael kind of changed the side later on. We'll, we'll come to that in a minute. Let's just talk about the the second goal, Mateus Martins. I mean, he's having a really good season, isn't he? For someone that was kind of written off last last season and wasn't even seen as a signing because his impact was so small after arriving in January, so insignificant after arriving in January. What's what's been the difference for him, and, and how impressed have you been with him generally? I think you know we we saw flashes last year, like little flashes, and I think it's maybe a way at Barnes that he had really good carry down the left wing, just didn't really end in anything. There's frustration and and so on, but this is this is what happens when we you, you put players into bad teams sometimes in difficult situations, difficult circumstances, and you know we we were such a disjointed team offensively last year. It was so hard for players to look good, and I think that was one thing we tried to discuss in preseason. You know, we have to give these some of these guys a, a little bit of a fresh start and, and reanalyze in different in different situation because last year was just worst case scenario in so many ways. 
Uh, and I think the the big difference is you know, obviously minutes. That that's one thing, but playing within a structure, um, an offensive structure which supports his threat. You know, you talk about playing inverted and and cutting into that right foot. Clearly, that's where he's comfortable and where he's effective. He he likes to do that. He's not afraid to go on the outside, but he can be really dangerous when he cuts in. And you know, having some responsibility, I think, and and actually being allowed to to do what he's good at is just really important. And when you have a talent like that, clearly he has ability. Uh, it was clear that he had ability before he joined us last season too. It's just what are you doing to harness that and are you putting him in a situation where he's going to succeed? And I think last year we just didn't. So seeing him now and seeing him play well, you know, he's a match winner for us potentially and and that's something that we, we, we kind of really needed, but something that... Mm is obviously vital to us at this point when we are kind of in a transitional phase and having someone that can can pop up individually and and provide quality is is super super important for us and yeah i mean really good really good performances from him over the last couple of games and yeah i can't really can't really ask too much more of him he's he's earned that place in the left and you, you can't really at this point see someone taking it from him even though we've had some good substitute appearances from um for, well, Kemba started as well, obviously, but from Georgie as well on the left, they've they've popped up and they've been decent. So, yeah, good, really good. What about you? You you impressed? Yeah, I really am. I, I I was impressed when he came off the bench against Blackpool. I think he and Jao uh, Ferreira played in that game, came off the bench half time and contributed to the overall uh, turnaround in performance. And then, and then we almost never saw him again, and I couldn't really understand why. But when he did play, he didn't do a. A huge amount this season. I think he's almost benefited from being kind of you know elevated as one of the main men. You know, we had a lot of a kind of attacking midfielders, wingers, whatever last season. We've we've trimmed that number down now. You know, you've really only got Ince, Aspria, Semmer, and him competing, and um, he has he has really benefited. And it feels you know it feels like the senior party down that left hand side, particularly when James Morris plays. He wants to be the one that takes on the responsibility and and carries the ball forward and makes things happen. He's got. I think very apparent that good kind of one-on-one ability in tight spaces. His, his first instinct is always to come inside and get get a shot off, which I think will really benefit Jamal Lewis getting on, you know, down that left-hand side and, and, and overlapping him to create an option there as well. You know, I think he'll probably be treated as, as kind of more of a threat than, than Morris may have been so far. But in terms of pure numbers, I just dragged, pulled up his numbers versus other wingers. He only... I can only filter by wingers, which is a bit vague. But in in the in the league, he's third for completed dribbles per ninety with almost six, seventh for dribbles attempted with just over eight, uh, one second most attacking duels in the league, attempted the third most attacking duels in the league, uh, fifth for shots. This is all kind of versus other wingers. You know, he's he's a lot of our kind of threat is carried carried through him and kind of long may it continue I suspect it won't be too long before we see him getting the bit of treatment or kind of being doubled up on because he has been um, he's been like a new signing as the cliche would go um, this this season yeah someone else who's probably been a, a, a bit like a new signing certainly in, in the last week or, or since Saturday seamless link here Ishmael Kone his best performance in a Watford shirt since his last best performance in a Watford <laughs> shirt that was the substitute appearance of the weekend is—is is that fair? What was, what caught the eye last night? Yeah, I don't know if he was necessarily better last night than um, the previous game, but he looked more, much more like the Kone we hoped we'd signed um, when he was when he came over to, to to Watford. I think you know last night he had a little bit of a deeper starting position at times. We definitely used him to carry the ball a bit more. 
I think that's something we kind of we assumed would be his role would be more of that. You know, I, I don't love the comparison completely, but that the core is sort of player that can play box to box, rangy, carries the ball forward. You know, hard to take the ball off him, and we saw that a few times. You know, he got he got taken down a couple of times by three or so players. You know, bundling into him, and he's able to kind of keep going and win the foul, or he's just bringing the ball out from deep positions. And he, he's still playing relatively conservative. You know, he might drive forward, then lay the ball off to Martins, and just you know maybe not carry on the run, maybe sit back and and be there just to kind of keep the, the possession going. But, you know, we also saw him get into attacking positions too. And he could have had two goals. And I think, you know, we talk about whether the game was won and lost, whether the game could have been won or lost last night. And I think Kone was the the, the guy that had the real chance to, to turn that into three points with the the shot he had and it went kind of clipped over mm. and then the header he had later on. Definitely more effective, more promising. And I think, you know, it gives it gives Ismail something more to think about in regards to the, the number eight position. Didn't you look just. at Tom Dele Bashiru who's been playing really well this season. Um, and now you've got Kone that's kind of breathing down his neck. And I think that's a good position to be in. But I've been impressed and uh, I'm pleased because I think he started the season quite objectively poorly. Um, so to, to see him kind of up that, kind of uh, output a little bit more and, and look more like himself yeah. and what we hoped. I, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed and I'm hoping it can continue because he needs to be someone that can be a little bit more consistent. Yeah, is it a case of kind of putting him in the right role? It feels like at times he's been asked to do, certainly the Blackburn game, he was kind of the direct loser replacement. I don't think that's necessarily his game, is it, to be sitting a little bit deeper and, and trying to kind of orchestrate the play from there. You, you want to use his natural ability to go box to box and kind of ability to carry the ball forward and take players on. And That feels like the best of what we've seen in the last couple of games, that he has got the energy to get in the box and kind of do that, as you say, what's become the Tom Deli Bashiru role very quickly. Yeah, and I think, you know, he's he's a really... Uh, he's 21 years old, but he's, he's a young... He's a young 21-year-old yeah, in very, terms of footballing, yeah. um, in, my, in my opinion. I was, he's one of the players that I happened just to have had chance to have seen um, seen before he came to Watford. And, it, I, you know, I knew coming in he's going to be very raw. Like, he was still finding his feet very much so in, in the MLS. He was he was learning. And he's not played a, you know, a ton of professional football in his, in his career. He's... He's really, you know, starting off, and that's that's something we have to consider. And you know, I, I was concerned when he when he joined, you know, passing, retention of the ball, kind of incisiveness. Will he be able to kind of play at the championship standard? And in the MLS, he was playing a little further forward at times, having more of a kind of carrying the ball into the box sort of threat to him. Uh, so playing in a little bit more of a deeper. Um, kind of more traditional midfield position, or even in the, in the number eight that we've we've been using this year, is is different, and it's a it's a it's a higher standard, different tempo, different requirements, and he, he's adapting to it. So I think you kind of have to almost take age out of the equation and look at kind of the minutes he's played in his career, because I think he's at you know he's definitely under forty games of professional football in terms of complete games at least. So- If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not 
not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So just, just have to accept that there's going to be some, some uh, ups and downs at this point. Yeah, I think it's a really good point to make as well, isn't it? In this country, we're so used to these players coming through at 17, 18, and, you know, the the opposite almost of, oh, they're going to burn out, you know, the Wayne Rooney mm-hmm. thing and so on. I'm certainly not saying that he's going to be on that career trajectory, but it's very rare to have it the opposite way around, isn't it, where they, they've played so little at, at, at 21 would be considered, though young, yeah, you know, a professional, a first team, a first team regular, and and he just hasn't hasn't had that. So yeah, it's a, it's a point well worth making. Um, one thing I did want to talk about was kind of, and this is a prevailing theme, and I think it was it was prevalent again last night. The kind of build up play, getting the ball into the final third, and and service to Ryevich. It felt like it was a hard night for him. Not that he did anything wrong, but the type of service he thrives on just wasn't forthcoming. I really can't remember us putting in uh, many crosses at all. In fact, I'll, I'll stall slightly while I look it up and see how many we put in, but it certainly felt like he was a little bit starved. What what do we need to do to kind of change things up that in that sense and, and get the best out of him? Do we need to? Is, is, is there something in that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult. I think, I think it's going to be really interesting to see um, up against Leeds at the weekend because you know, every, pretty much every game we've been in this season, we've been 
in terms of possession, um, the dominant team, we played against teams that have sat sat quite compact, quite deep against us. And you know, in those situations, it's going to be hard to to get your striker involved. We had the same same problems with with Bio too. Um, you know, it's it's not easy to find your striker in those kind of confined areas. Uh, it's not easy to slip them through unless you're bringing on a lot of pressure and countering, which we, we don't tend to do either. Uh, so that that can mm. be a problem. And we we do play wide a lot. Obviously, you know, we use the fullbacks, we use the wingers to to really get to get wide and and kind of drift in from there and and kind of find angles into the box. But you know, a lot of time we're we're relying on delivery um, and and the striker to capitalise on on the ball when it does get in there, rather than heavily involving them in build up. You know, when they are getting touches. Um, in the build-up to to an attack, it's very deep. You know, Ravic is almost kind of on the edge of the halfway line at times to try and get a touch on the ball, and mm. that's that's kind of where we are. And I don't think it's just unique to him. I think no matter who you put in there, you're going to have a similar thing because we're you know we're almost using the we're almost using the number eights as, as options in kind of breaking through the thirds and finding space rather than having that striker that's kind of making those runs in behind because it's not really as of yet been as much space in behind there was you know a couple of opportunities even last night there was one where if he'd been you know a touch quicker he'd have been through but you know you're counting on one on one hand how many times we're slipping players through in in games it's not it's not something we've we've had the freedom to do yet Uh, and I think Leeds would be an interesting test because we we kind of expect we might go there and and play against a team that are looking to be a bit more kind of in control play a little bit higher up and maybe give us some opportunity to to involve that centre forward in in build up and in possession a little bit more than we have been so far but it, it's you know he's he's one of those guys though where you, you get the ball into the box and you, you do hope that he'll find a way to get in get involved and, and potentially get a shot away so it, it's a tough one I, I'm not sure if it's just a case of the sample size has been quite skewed so far to to not kind of highlight that um, but yeah. you know it's, it's definitely an area that you, you'd say you'd want to get the, the, the striker a little bit more involved just to give us some variety but just don't underestimate kind of how how much those eights can push forward and uh, and be involved kind of around the edge of the box to 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 kind of find routes to goal much like the 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 loser and Kone kind of combination work towards that that first goal um, also you know that is our, our tendency is to, to get to the byline and cut back that's the main route and oftentimes yeah. you're going to be able to get that without having to force that play centrally um you know we, i think we're let me just check yeah we so in terms of in terms of looking at how we're actually you know starting our attacks or creating opportunities in the league we're we're first for cutbacks per 90 um 2.43 compared yeah. to the average of 0.8 which you know a significant increase there and then even crosses we're fourth in the league so i was going to say fourth for crosses i just pulled that up as well that surprised me it, it feels uh, anecdotally watching at least like it's it's not that we wouldn't be that high and even last night we completed 9 of 15 yeah. as far as I can see which is a pretty handy completion rate depending on what you do with it I suppose but yeah and don't forget we're having a ton of shots as well you know we, we're you know right yeah. top end I think we're second in the league for shots um, so far this season we, we're getting shots away I think the quality could be better um, but I think it can almost be I've seen a few people talking about just kind of ha- that we were I've seen some people say we we're boring which I'm, I'm a little bit surprised about but obviously everyone's entitled to their own feelings on it but I think sometimes the amount of possession it can feel like we're not getting that many opportunities per minute of possession because we have so much possession but in terms of the entirety of the game we're actually mm. getting quite a lot of opportunities per game quite a lot of shots away uh, we're creating a lot of chances the quality needs to increase um, but we do have a very clear methodology uh, metho- 
clear method to find our way into the box right now. And, you know, maybe we have to adapt that and find other ways, but get into that byline, pulling it back or having the inversion of your, your wingers to cut inside and get shots away is a, is kind of the primary focus at this point, at least. No, absolutely right. Um, let's just look ahead then. Leeds this weekend, we saw Ryan Porteous go off. How concerning is that? I don't think it was the, the best night for anyone in the the back five, as it were, in the end. But uh, Matty Pollock came on. What do, what do we think of that? How concerned are we if, if Porteous, if he misses out potentially on the trip to Elland Road? Definitely concerned. Um if if he was to be unavailable, I thought he had a bit of a poor game last night. I just mm. Portis is very, uh, he's very every game is very mixed. He's very Jekyll and Hyde player at the moment. He's he's kind of a little bit all over the place at times. He can be reckless. He can recover really well sometimes. At other times, he's playing strange passes. And there's one moment where I think Asante was kind of driving through, and for some reason he gave up his position, and stepped forward, like stepped into closed space, and really just gave himself an opportunity to give away a foul rather than just kind of being a little bit more conservative. And it, I don't know. It, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. But you know, I think him being gone because of the depth issues we have would not be ideal. You know, you, you, you could look at Syriata as potentially someone like a step step in there and maybe we do sign different at six but um if, if Pollock was to come in then it'd be interesting I don't think he's been bad so far he's coming at times where we've generally been chasing something I think Coventry mm. now and 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 West Brom uh but what would you do would you upset the balance of midfield potentially by dropping Sierra Alta back into centre half and bringing Jay Livermore in or would you no. You've been pro giving Pollock a chance in the yeah. past. I'm putting you on the spot here, but uh, what do you, <laughs> you really clung to me saying Pollock before, didn't you? I feel like it gets brought up a lot. I feel like Matt's Matt's <laughs> <laughs> because once upon a time you said you'd rather see him than Cavaselli. Oh, I, sure. I, I, I still, I still. That's feel the it. hill you're going to be left to die on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I have no choice then to say I'd, I'd rather have Pollock in there, and I, I would. I, I, I don't want to take. Uh, I don't want to take Syriata out of that position particularly. I don't like, mm. I, I don't like the drop off at not at six as much as I do at, at, yeah. at centre back in some ways. So I would, I would probably start Pollock. And you, you know, I'd be interested to see because we've not, we've not seen um, kind of extended minutes for him in, in this sort of team. What does he do with the ball? I'd be curious to see. Yeah, certainly will. But you know, Leeds would be a tough one. I, I think it'd be a slightly different game. So you know, maybe. You know, maybe we see a team that that has to play a little bit more at, at the tempo and the off the ball work that we expected to see a little bit quicker or a little bit more frequently when when Ismail first joined us. You know, that's maybe an area that would would suit him. But interesting, um, interesting style of play to play against. Not a team that you know we talk about us crossing the ball a lot and pulling the ball back. Not really leads his um, mentality when it comes to, to creation so that that's an area you kind of feel quite good about Pollock in is clearing the ball and, and yeah. you know, meeting the ball and, and dealing with it quickly but interesting matchup if, if he was to play that is yeah what do we expect from Leeds then overall they've kind of had an, a fairly solid start only only lost the once held on to a couple of players I think that people would have expected them to lose not least Wilfred Nonto added Joel Piru, who's scored three already in in four starts, they, it's not going to be not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination, is it? No, it's not. And you know the the way they've played has been a little bit um, different to what you know maybe we expected early on. Um, shape is kind of looking more like four four two like at times, isn't it? And it's it, it's a tough one. I think playing at, at Ellen Road is going to be a, a test for us. And I think, as I said earlier, it's going to be one of the first 
times we really get to see um, us play against a team that would be looking to dominate us a little more. You know, we've, we thought maybe at Coventry, but it, that became a little bit more balanced. It was perhaps the closest to that, but... Uh, and, and that game became very end-to-end and a little bit chaotic as well. So this one, I think, will be the first. If I'm Ismail and I'm, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking ahead to this game, I'm thinking, okay, this might be the first game where I'm, I'm maybe considering making some real changes to our, um, our style of play. And I think there maybe were some comments that I saw um, in regards to him saying that he doesn't change, he's not going to change his style for an opponent. Maybe I'm wrong. Don't maybe even cut that because I'm not even sure if this is accurate at all. <laughs> but um, I'll be looking at Leeds and thinking, do I make any adjustments here to... Um, to maybe find a way to be a little bit more counter-attacking if we're not going to have as much of the ball, um, if we're going to have to play a little bit deeper than we have been, you know, what, what other routes we could look for, to get forward with, you know, just maybe assess things a little bit differently than what we've had to up to now. Sounds good. Is there anything else you want to say before we uh, we wrap up? Um, no, I think, you know, just really more just, you know, touching on... Um, on, on Leeds a little bit. I didn't watch the I didn't watch the game against Hull last night, but I did I did watch the Millwall game. Did you get a chance to see any of the Millwall game? No, I didn't. No. They're playing a little bit different. I think they were maybe expecting a slightly different style of play under under Farker and you know Piro and Ruto have been playing quite advanced and you know as I said almost a front two, four four two at times and a little bit a little bit of a change there. Uh, I know they lost Joe Roden last night too, so that he is not gonna be available for our game. He got sent off, didn't he? Do you see that? I did. Against, yeah, two um, yellows. Hull last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So big, big miss there. Um, but they've not been perfect. You know, they they could be effective, and Perot was was good against Millwall too, and you know, clinical and so on. But they they have their own weaknesses and their own frailties, and I think that's one thing we touched on before uh, before the game last night. Oh, sorry, before we started recording. Um, it, it's not been. It's not been perfect for every team in the league. You know, we've had our issues. There's been lots of teams with issues. Uh, I don't think there are many teams that you could look at and say are a, a complete functioning outfit. So, uh, yeah, whilst this team is definitely posing a different threat, um, I'm interested to see if uh, if we can find a, a different way perhaps to, to capitalise on some of those weaknesses. With Roden suspended, you assume that Liam Cooper will come in. Mm-hmm who I kind of think of quite old-fashioned, you know, loves the, the the hustle and bustle and whatnot. I wonder if that almost plays to their... Maybe they'd have made the change anyway, but almost plays their advantage up against Ryevich, to be honest with you, that he's not someone who's going to be nippy and in behind. And, and you know, Cooper is probably a lot more comfortable playing against a, a six foot four, six foot five centre forward than he would be coming up against someone who was smaller and more mobile. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair, and I think you know. Again, you also look at in terms of matchups. You look at that right hand side for 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 Leeds. There, you look at Daniel James and Luke Ayling, and you know you think is that an opportunity for for Martins? And if so, do you have to support him with Definitely, someone like yeah. Lewis that offers you a little bit more? Because I I would worry about uh, a James Morris matchup. Um, a Daniel James and a Morris matchup. I'm trying to say, yeah, definitely um, the pace of Mor- uh, James against Morris would would be a concern. I think wouldn't it would it? be a concern, especially if Rooter operating in that in that in that kind of position behind in between Hoot and uh, the left back for us, whoever that would be. So I think potential first start for Lewis uh, to support that side, and then um, Martin's you know having a bit of opportunity to 
to hopefully maybe isolate Ailing a little bit and, and try and pull, you know, potentially Cooper into some some bad areas too and see what we can do in the in the striking position. But I think it'll be a good matchup. And I'm I'm curious to see. I think if we can get our eights pressing into if it's Archie Gray and, and uh, Ethan and Padu again, then you know, I'd be interested to see how we can occupy those because we should have some some good advantage uh in the midfield area if they do stick with that four four two. But um defensively real test for the uh, the two centre backs whoever they are. Yeah, certainly. And a big test for, for for Backman from a defensive standpoint. If we are trying to play with the ball at the back, you'd anticipate a little bit of extra yeah. pressure in, in possession and build up. So I'm curious to see if we if we can cope with that and, and, and what we do to deal with it. Excellent. I feel like the last time we went to Leeds in the championship may have been uh the six one. I'm sure we've been in the championship since then, but let's let's hope for a similar result anyway. Uh excellent. John, thank you very much for joining us. We will be back after the trip to Elland Road. Let's hope we can continue this trend of positivity and we will speak to you in the, uh, in the, in the days afterwards. Thanks for listening and make sure you get us anywhere you would ordinarily get your podcast and follow us on Twitter. It's at Watford Podcast, at Jordan Weimer, at Messi Messiano and at TB Bodell. Thank you very much. Speak soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.